You're listening to the Broadway Podcast Network. Hi, and welcome to this episode of Mama's Talking Loud. I'm Jessica Rush. And I'm Kara Cooper. And today we're talking to Lauren Lataro, who went from Broadway hoofer in 10 Broadway shows to one of the most sought after choreographers today. And of course, she's a mama doing it all. Hi, everyone. Welcome to this episode of Mama's Talking Loud. I'm Jessica Rush. And I'm Kara Cooper. Today, we have uh, the wonderful Lauren Lataro with us. Um, Hello. <laughs> welcome. Hello. It's early and it's cold outside. Very, very cold. Um, if you're in the industry now, you probably know her as a choreographer of the recently closed Waitress, um, among other things, and the upcoming Mrs. Doubtfire. But what you may not know is that she, before that, she was in 10 Broadway shows? Is that Ten. correct? 10 people. She was a hardcore Broadway person. <laughs> I mean... <laughs> I was going to say a different word, but we can't say that anymore. So. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. Um, no, hoofer extraordinaire, like the real deal, paying all the dues. She paid all the dues. And... Um, and now look at what's happened. This is amazing. Hi, Lauren. Welcome. Hi, thank you. Um, Lauren has a very sweet baby girl. Well, she's not a baby, but can you tell us about- 21 months old. Ooh. Almost. Almost, almost, two. almost, almost two done with you, the months. Oh, yes. Yeah. <laughs> almost where you don't say months anymore. I never understood it before I had one of my own. Yeah, right, and right. now I'm like, oh, oh I get it. Yeah. Like, mm-hmm. And what's her name? Arden. 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 I yes. love that name. I do too. Mm-hmm. Um, so welcome. Thanks for joining us Thank today. You. We wanted to talk about, you know, we'll jump right in with back when you were a dancer on the Broadway, um, nailing life. First off, I so Lauren and I, backstory, Lauren and I did Guys and Dolls together. And to tell you a little bit about who she is as a person, um, I remember on the first day of rehearsal, this was in 2008, the end of 2008, it was going to be my second Broadway show. I had lived in the city less than a year. And I walked into rehearsal, into New 42, and I knew no one. I sort of knew Nick Adams, but like nobody else. And I walk in and this person says, hi, I'm Lauren. There's a seat next to me. Mm-hmm. And she, just like that, she was on the front row, naturally. Um, but like... <laughs> Just right away, just come over, sit with me. And I thought, oh my God, thank you so much. But that's who you are. Like your oh, energy is so, yeah. I thank mean, you. you probably don't even remember that, but I was super young and new oh. and I knew no one and you made me feel so comfortable. And then, um, and then we were always at understudy rehearsal together because Lauren and I were the Adelaide and Sarah covers oh, for that production. Did we go on together? I never went on. I'm the only one that go on because, no, because we closed. Very oh, right. Quickly. Right. I forgot about that. <laughs> <laughs> Very quickly. So I'm the only one that didn't go on uh, out of all the covers. But yeah, so that's a, you know, and that's so it's been awesome to see your success and see how you've transitioned and everything. Oh, but thanks. When you were a dancer on Broadway, you know, were there many mothers? Did you see many mothers? I mean, I because, you know, your your first credits were in the last 
century, mm-hmm. the end of the last century, granted, right? Well, uh, I swing, I started on Broadway in 2000. Okay, so swing, yeah, yeah. I was looking at IBDB, it opened in 99. 99, but yeah, I, yeah, yeah. yeah, I came in in January of 2000. Oh, so, yeah. I mean, I came in like right after they opened. Yeah. Um, no, <laughs> I, I can go down the line. I mean, I actually have some memories of women who became pregnant and then we threw them a party and waved goodbye. Mm. Really? Yes. And did they yeah. come back? No. Oh. Mm-hmm. No. That's fascinating because there has been a major, major shift. Yeah. Yes. That, major shift. That's what that's major what shift. I was wondering is just like what you said about how you gave a party and then you waved goodbye and they didn't come back. And I think that was the story and the narrative for a very long time. Yes. Right? I mean, there was just, you couldn't figure out how to make it happen. It was something that people didn't even entertain, I feel like, for a while. So... Having seen that, was it something that you entertained? Did you know you wanted to be a mom? Was that something you came to later? Like, how did that fit into your vision of your career? I always wanted to be a mom. I froze my eggs. That's how badly I knew I wanted to be a mom. Because being a dancer, you, your body is like, you need your body to be working. So the idea of being pregnant as a dancer has all this other stuff around it that a normal person might not have. You know what I mean? Because mm-hmm. I do. Because you can work on you can. When I was pregnant and choreographing, I stopped working three weeks before I gave birth, and then went back to work three weeks after I gave yeah, birth. We're gonna get into that. <laughs> <laughs> but if I were a dancer, that would not be the case. You know, you. I mean, what I didn't know before I got pregnant was like how late you actually do start to show. Oh. You know what I mean? Like it was like, oh, you know, right. you can sort of keep this a secret until like six months. You I know? mean, unless you're wearing like a leotard and tights. Well, true. <laughs> but I mean, yeah, exactly. Yeah. So it, it, I think for dancers, there's a whole nother level of stuff around um, the actual pregnancy and mm-hmm. working, uh, you know, how to make money during a pregnancy. But um, yeah, so I always knew I wanted to be a mom. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, well, then being a, when you said you froze your eggs, when did you do that? Pretty early. I mean, early enough that it was sort of, I thought it was the best thing I could do for myself to buy myself some time Mm. um, working and finding a partner that I really loved and, Mm -hmm. you know. Well, and it's great. I mean, because you were, I mean, you were nonstop. Like, you're Broadway's Lauren Lataro. You know what I mean? Like, (laughs) you really were. You were show to show to show to show. I mean, if you look on IBDB, you know, as far as people who are performers who transition to being a choreographer or a director, I think you lead the pack, you know? I mean, Casey and Jerry and Sergio and yeah. Andy and those people, they ain't got nothing on Lauren. <laughs> <laughs> and, and they're also men. Who are, yes. You know, it's a, just, it's a different journey. Mm-hmm. Um, For sure. Did you always know that you wanted to be a choreographer? Is that how you envisioned everything? I thought I'd be dancing for Pina Bausch or something by now. I don't know. I always thought I'd like leave Broadway and go move to Germany or I don't know. But I um, I always was creative. So with most of the Broadway shows I did and a lot of the shows, other shows on Broadway, I was part of like skeleton crews. Um, you assist- choreographed like Gypsy of the Year always and things like doing that. I remember. Gypsy of the Years, yeah. um, always assisting choreographers, even before associates really had titles. I was sort of always in, in the room. And I really enjoyed it. And it just became this like inverse ratio thing. It just, I started enjoying performing at night less and less. And I started enjoying being in the studio, being creative more and more. And it was like, I, I, I think this is what I'd like to do. That's so great because I feel like a lot of us dancers and actors, you know, at times you think 
am I doing this forever? Is this, will I be going to auditions when I'm 70? And some of us will be. <laughs> My husband would say he will be. Um, but I, I think that it's oftentimes, it's hard to think of what our second act will be, right? Like, and who we would be then if we're not doing the thing we were doing and performing. And so that's something that happens so naturally for you, it sounds like, which is such a gift, I think. And you're still in the world. You're just calling the shots a little more. Yeah, <laughs> but I do think it took, I mean, it took a while. I mean, when I associate choreographed American Idiot, that was a big shift. And then uh, Michael Mayer and I started working together a lot. So that was that was really big for me. But I think it took, you know, the good news and the bad news is the good news and the bad news is that I knew everyone in the industry, mm -hmm. right? From doing right. ten Broadway shows. So basically I knew every producer on Broadway. I knew many, many directors on Broadway. Mm -hmm. So now I had to go convince all of these producers and directors who knew me as like, oh yeah, the little girl who will sell yes, she says yes to everything. <laughs> right. She'll come or like she'll get thrown around the room. Mm -hmm. She's, you know, she's easygoing, like she's gonna choreograph my 18 million dollar Broadway show? Mm, I'm not so sure. So it took a while to convince the people in charge that I could also be in charge because their perception of me was 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 a chorus girl. Right. Right. You know. But I think that it speaks also though to while they do see you as the chorus girl and so it might take a minute to shift their thought as to you as a choreographer, I do think though that because of who you are, like you were just saying, the girl who says yes to everything, the girl who will be thrown around the room, easygoing, all these things, shows up, gives 100% every show. Do you know what I mean? Someone who is fully committed to the job, that spoke volumes of who you were. So that when they had this moment thinking, oh, do we hire her in this position? We've never seen her do that, but we do know she's great to have in the room. She's always positive. She works hard. All the things we tell up and coming actors and dancers mm -hmm. that it's important like your reputation precedes you and it will come into play and it will have a lot to do with how often you work I think you know oh, yes. people notice that people oh, notice sure. how you are in the room and so I think that was a huge advantage for you right I hope so I, I mean so. I'm very happy and and um so where it's landed where know. it's landed yeah were there really specific steps that you took to transition I mean it, it sounded like it just happened so naturally but were there, you know, showcases that you did or things like that where you put your work out there? Yes. I mean, I did everything I could. Yeah. And most of it was for free. You yeah. know, I did dance break. I did dance, dance break. break. Yep. I always choreographed Broadway Bears in the opening numbers of Gypsy of the Year. Or now Red, Red Bucket, Red Bucket Follies. Follies. Right. Um, and, uh, you know, wrote notes to directors, said I would come in as an observer for free just to watch the process and get to know somebody, assisted choreographer. I mean, I did everything. Yeah. But it never felt like work. I always loved it, mm -hmm. you know? I yeah. Mean, what's it's bad about it? Yeah. yeah, what's, I mean, what could be more fun than spending the day being like, what about this? What about this? What about this? And being an assistant to a choreographer actually offers you the chance to practice having ideas without any repercussions. Yeah. So if I'm the choreographer of a Broadway show and I have a bad idea, 
<laughs> there are repercussions to that bad idea. Yeah. Whether it be the director being like, uh, that's terrible, or even worse, a critic being like, oh, that's terrible, or even worse, a producer being like, uh, you're fired. Right. <laughs> but as the assistant, you can have, you can practice. You can sort of say out loud these ideas, and then you have the choreographer who you start to learn. If the choreographer goes, oh, that's a good idea, and maybe if we do this, this, and this to that idea, it's an even better idea. Or you can see the choreographer being like, hold on to that thought we'll try something else so all of a sudden it sort of helps shape your taste yeah in a way and you're sort of you're practicing like what you like and the way your brain works and so it was none of it was wasted time Mm -hmm. no of course not no not not at all I mean it's what I wanted to ask you with American Idiot I know that was the first time you were associate right you were also in the show yes yes you're swing yeah dance captain yes um Many times you were a dance captain. Yes. I, I noticed, uh, which obviously just makes so I much mean, sense with you, sense. you know what I mean, for you transitioning to this position. But did they approach you? Like, were you hired as a swing and a dance captain and then they had the idea of having you be an associate? Right. How'd that go down? No, it was the other way around. Mm-hmm. So I was performing on Broadway and then they came to me. Michael Mayer asked me to associate choreograph um, Spring Awakening. And I said no because of Guys and Dolls. Oh, <laughs> oh my gosh. How funny. <laughs> Isn't that funny? Yeah. He's like, no, I still have to perform. I still have some more shows in me. And then he called me again. He said, listen, don't say no to this. Do this. So I said yes. But then I was panicked about money. Mm. So I said, I'll do it. But but then I that need to be so in the show. Mm-hmm. So I said, I'll, I will swing dance captain and associate choreograph. And I remember the producers being like, do you think you could do all those things? And I was like, absolutely. Yes, yes I can. Exactly. But I had, I mean, there was no other way. I was single and, you know, I couldn't just not be working on Broadway just to take a job that ended on opening night. Mm-hmm. And, so, the, and the, the benefits for um, associate choreographers are non-existent, to my knowledge. They're I getting think much better. They're getting better. And we're, and we're fighting. I'm on the, I'm on the steering committee to sort okay. of that's lead wonderful. the way. So yeah. we, are, yes. we are, they're doing much better but now. that's a concern oh, And too. those producers were very generous to me. But the position ends at right. opening night it's so often. Right? And it doesn't so, have health insurance. Right. I mean, it, there are things that, logistics right. and just life things. Right. Mean. So I was just in a place, it was perfect for me, mm-hmm. you know, un, un, you know, except for the time I had to go on for Alicia Umfrist who belts ease and I don't. <laughs> <laughs> I think I took a shot of whiskey and like just went on there and was like, <laughs> one of the most embarrassing moments of my life. Yeah, I wouldn't want to have to go oh, on God, for her either. either. I don't, oh my gosh, no. My riffing skills and that are not up to speed. <laughs> Uh, but, uh, well, let's transition maybe a little bit to the more motherhood yeah. side of things. So you talked about freezing your eggs. Yes. So how did you have Arden? With the frozen embryo. You did. Yeah. Oh, yeah, I did it. How long did you, how long was it between when you froze them and then when you, because then you got married? Like five years. Oh, okay. okay. Yeah. Mm, all right. Well, I was like, well, we could try, you know, but why not use these younger eggs? Right. Yeah. So smart. And it was like so easy. I, it's I mean, so like, smart of you to freeze your eggs. Yeah. I, I say yeah. it out loud because I just want women to know that this option is getting more and more viable. Mm-hmm. It is like, I mean, it's just so wonderful. It just offers you. I mean, I decided when it was going to happen. Now, look, it's not always a hundred percent, but um, still, it just offers you. Um, a lot of control. Yeah. Absolutely. And a little peace of mind maybe too. Because, oh, you know, as sure. we work longer and longer, and particularly in this industry, 
you don't see a lot of young parents, you know, no. people under 30. In New York City, even you under don't. 35. Exactly. No, I mean, yeah. yeah, so it's you know, it's um it gives you the the peace of mind to a certain degree that okay, I don't have to feel that clock tick-tocking, you know, quite as loudly. Cuz it's hard. It's hard to make your way in this business. It's yeah, hard it to prove your worth. It takes a while sometimes, mm-hmm. you know, um and then to find the person yes that you want to have your child with. Um that's very important, obviously. <laughs> um, I remember we were doing, um, I don't think I'm speaking out of turn with this conversation, but we were doing a workshop together with Des Independence. Right. Oh, yes. <laughs> Independence, the musical. <clears throat> and, um, and I remember talking in the hallway at New 42 and you're like, so how hard is it really to like be a mom? <laughs> I remember and do you this. told me to ask you this. <laughs> You're like, can we go for drinks? Cause we did. I, we, I and think, we did. I think right after we went for drinks, I had, it had to have been. The, I already, I think had on the books like the day and my husband and I were like, are you sure you want to do it? This? Are you sure you want to do it in July? Are you sure you want to, you know, but you and I, we went out for drinks and I just remember like a list of questions. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you were like, okay, but is it really hard? And like, what do you do? You know, and I remember, what did you say when she asked you if it was really hard? I said, yeah, it's hard. <laughs> it's like, it is really hard, but also like everyone has different circumstances. And I mean, one thing that's helpful is your husband is a brilliant, uh, neuro, no brain surgeon. Yeah. Yes. yes. Wow. So that changes your situation a little bit in regards to just having, being able to have more help perhaps, or, or even being able to do IVF with, you know, with your eggs. Yeah. For sure. Yeah. I used, I froze my eggs. I was single. You right. Know, I used, and that was where the bulk of the money was. I used my, I set the non-union tour of American Idiot mm. and I used that, that entire fun. chunk of money that I made to freeze those eggs. Wow. I just did it. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I think there's, honestly, I think it, it all evens out. It's like because my husband works Monday through Friday. He's out of the house by 6.30, 5.30 in the yeah. morning. And when he comes home, he's pretty tired White. from doing like four-hour surgeries. Yeah. And so we are reliant on – we have a really awesome nanny. I mean, it's like the real-life Mrs. Doubtfire. Like I, She's like <laughs> the greatest. But, but we are reliant on her. Mm-hmm. Whereas like I think if your partner is in the industry, sometimes – you know, he can be home during right. the day and Mondays are fun days. And for sure, for I mean, sure. I think I do think it all truly evens out, mm-hmm. you know. Yeah, the pros and cons of all I of do. it. I mean, there's yeah. there's benefits. And then at the same time, the, the trade-off, like you said, is that he's gone. I mean, you know, yeah. operating on brains. It's just, <laughs> yes. that's a whole, I don't even, I always my say brain is blown. about us like in the theater industry. I'm like, it's not brain surgery. Yeah. <laughs> that is always like the comparison that I make. It's but. really fun. Except when you come home and I've had a hard day and my husband's like, yeah, well, did you do brain surgery today? Like, <laughs> no, but you did. I get it. <laughs> all right. All Excuse right. Excuse me. Um, have you, so you decided to get pregnant. Yeah. We had that conversation and you were sort of already, you clearly were, I think you did say that you had had a date in mind and, or that you had scheduled it, but you were, there was some trepidation there, right? Oh my gosh. I was so scared. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's scary. And I think the thing about, you know, everyone's sort of, not everyone, most of the time we decide, oh, let's start trying or let's try to figure it out. But you never know, like, how long will that take? Will I, you know, will it take? Will it take? Yeah. Right. You you knew, like, okay, when we when we do this, there's a good chance it's gonna work. 
Right. You know? Well, that was the goal. But of course, yeah. it still is like, there's like a, there's like a 30% right. rate of it not, not right. sticking. You're, but I it's like it. knowing that like, oh, on this day when I go. Oh in, yeah, it's crazy. This is what's going to be happening. Mm-hmm. You know? That's wild. It's wild. And so you, so it took... Yay, Arden's on the way. I know the doctor was like, you know, it's nobody's choice except he was like, do you know if it's a boy or girl embryo? And I said, no, I know it's a girl. And he said, great. Well, then you know that it's her choice. Either she wants to stick around or she doesn't. There's nothing any of us can do about it. It's Mm. it's up to her. So I thought that was that was really a lovely sort of. Yeah. Kind of takes the pressure off of yes. you. And all it was really things. great. Yeah. yeah. And she decided to stick around. Yes. So tell us, you t- you touched on this earlier, because I think this is very interesting. And I think this is something that uh, is a discussion that needs to be have, had. But um, you worked until three weeks before you had her. Mm-hmm. But no one, people didn't know all that time. No way. Yeah. Exactly. No Will you way. speak a little to why you decide? I mean, to that experience. I mean, because you were choreographing at this point. Obviously. Yes. Yes, you're yes. choreographing, and I, and I know that you waited a very long time to have it be public. Oh yeah, knowledge. I had this great black schmada that I wore <laughs> every day. It just hid any hint of bump. I think it was Kevin McCollum who was like. I just, I'm almost afraid to ask this. I just, I, uh, but are, 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 are you pregnant? Because I was like eight months pregnant. <laughs> and I said, yes. And he was laughing. He was like, I just thought maybe you gained a lot of weight or something. I didn't know. It was really funny. I, I, I was, I was genuinely scared. It, it, it wasn't manipulative. I wasn't manipulating anything or I, I was genuinely scared. I was deathly afraid that if people saw me pregnant, producers or directors wouldn't want to work with me. Mm. I was deathly afraid. Yeah. That is the that is the truth. And, so, and, and that is the reality. Mm-hmm. Fear. It's fear. Very, and I mean. because I didn't tell anybody, I ended up being able to well, look, I'm not sure. If I told people I still might have the same jobs that I had, but I ended up being able to book myself choreography jobs after the pregnancy. Mm-hmm. So then by the time that I had the baby, People were like, "Oh, well, she's already right back to work. You know, she's mm-hmm. still she's still doing her thing. Nothing's changed." They didn't take into consideration the fact that you were going to be a mom before they gave you the job. That's right. And you came to the job, and you're like, "I'm a mom. Cool. Let's because do this." Because I do think that I know that comes into yeah. play. You know, and that's a conversation. I mean, I think that's that's something that it's it saddens me that we feel that you felt that. Which, but it's the truth of the matter. You know, and I think that. I've heard stories of people saying, you know, that they're behind the table and they'll be like, oh, well, she's a mom. Don't even bother mm-hmm. asking if she can do this job or if she wants to do it because they have preconceived notions of what we're capable right. of. And so you showed them. It's also why so. more the, the to have more women in positions of power and in charge, will this will slowly shift. And that's the only way it will shift is mm-hmm. like when I'm in charge behind the table and a mom comes in. I'm actually like, we let's do it. Like, let's, you know. Yeah, absolutely. So it, it, we need more people, you know, who, who aren't afraid of it and who understand mm-hmm. that, you know, it doesn't. For me, I can tell you that um, all it did was make me a thousand times better of an artist. I am so much more creative. And if I'm going to be away from my daughter to be at work, then my work is going to be great. Because I'm not going to come to work and sort of half-ass it, excuse my language, but yeah. then that would be, um, that would feel icky. But when I go to work and I have real pride in what I do, it's because if I'm going to be away from her, then I want to create some version of a legacy for 
for myself. Yeah. It yeah, has you to be make worth that it. Time away worth it. Yeah, exactly. it has to be worth exactly. it. Exactly. Because otherwise you're half-assing your job and being, and, and you're, and robbing not your being, child. Exactly. Of, you know what I mean? It's like, wait a minute. Yes. What's the, and also I am so much, I am so deeply happy in a way that I was never this happy before. I, I am, my daughter has made me so deeply, deeply happy and like deep joy, like real joy, like not the kind of joy that goes away after you eat your chocolate yeah. bar, mm-hmm. it, like, but like real deep joy. So nothing bothers me. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's like, okay, if we have to re-choreograph a whole number, we will do it. Mm-hmm. It's like, yeah. I'm not attached to those babies, you know, right. you know, you know you're those little things. Yeah, it's like for sure. whatever you need, it's like, let's make it happen. It just, because I just walk around with this a sense of happiness. I don't know. Yeah, I love that. And a deep, you know, your priorities shift, you know, it's like in terms of, it's like, I've I've said this before. It's like, you go to an audition, you're like, if you don't like me, that's cool. Cause like my kid thinks I'm awesome and I'm going to go right back to her. (laughs) And you know, it is what it is. You know, there's, you realize that sort of like you talked about with the legacy, it's like life as a whole um, changes and becomes deeper and more and richer. So. I love that you said when you're on the other side of the table and you see a mom that comes in and you're like, let's do this. Have you had a lot of experience being on the other side of the table with pregnant women coming in? Because you were nervous about showing your pregnancy. And that is a big issue in our industry that when women go in and audition for something while they're pregnant, even though the job they are auditioning for is after they have the baby, it's very, very difficult for people to see beyond um, the physicality of a pregnant woman. And to envision them not being pregnant and being able to do this. Well, job. Katie Rose Clark, who was our lead actress in the Huey Lewis show, which hopefully will come to Broadway in the next year, uh, The Heart of Rock and Roll, that woman was preggers <laughs> our entire rehearsal process. So we did a four week workshop with like producers coming to invest in the show. And she did that. It was really funny. And there was like this one moment where she's like falling in love with a guy and they kiss and like she was just like, just ignore the belly. Because <laughs> it was like, you know, it was hilarious. Right. Nobody batted an eye. I have really? to tell you. Yeah. Gordon Greenberg was the director. He was wonderful. The producers were wonderful. And then she had the baby. And I had my baby a little before she had her baby. And the two of us were out at the Old Globe. I had like a 14-month-old. No. I'm sorry, my baby was five months old mm. and her baby was like two months old. Oh my God. And the two of us would just be like, pump break. Right. <laughs> yes. Yeah. And we'd like, the whole rehearsal process was sort of bent around our pump breaks and no one cared. It was fine. And guess what? The show got done. Right. Everything <laughs> got done. Everything was fine. It yeah. was all good. It was a lot of fun, you know. That's wonderful. It was great. That's wonderful. It's nice to hear stories like that. Yeah, because we hear so much of the other, so mm-hmm. it's really encouraging. Mm-hmm. Yeah, she was a she was a rock star. Yeah, that's amazing. Well, and I think it also just says, like you just said, guess what? The show got done. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to sixty percent on hotels. So whether it's cousin Kevin's kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin, or Becky's bachelorette bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Life's better with American Family Insurance. 
Because our home policies help protect your dreams and come with peace of mind. Save up to 25% by bundling home, auto, and life. American Family Insurance. Get a quote, find an agent at AmFam.com. Products not available in every state. Discounts may not apply to all coverages on an auto or home policy. Discounts do not apply to life insurance policies. Visit AmFam.com to learn how discounts may apply to you. American Family Mutual Insurance Company, S.I. and its operating companies, American Family Life Insurance Company, 6000 American Parkway, Madison, Wisconsin. We did it. You oh, know, not we only pumping, did the show we get done, but you know. my work in it was great. And guess what? She was unbelievable in it. She is, I hope it comes to Broadway because she, she her performance in this is extraordinary. She's an extraordinary creature. And if she did that when she had a two-month-old and pumping and no exactly. sleep, I think. <laughs> imagine, imagine what she could do now. <laughs> exactly. Um, have you noticed with the creative team's being on them, uh, when and because waitress was all female, holla, yeah, um, with Diane Paulus and Sarah and yourself, and um, but not every team is all female. So, have you noticed any differences with in regards to? No, I mean I think that, um, but no, I mean I don't like. I definitely sort of separate my lives. Sometimes on Saturday I'll have my nanny bring the baby on a during lunch break or something, but, um, I, you know, I sort of, when I'm at work, I'm at work, but, um, excuse me. But what I do notice is that, you know, the ratio of two, two out of 10 seems to be real. Like most of the time I'm in a room with mostly men and maybe one other woman, Mm -hmm. or it's just me and a man. Mm -hmm. But what, what I, what I love about it is I've become honest when I see something in the script that isn't realistic mm-hmm. and I don't do it in a mean way or, but I'm just like, I just, I think, I think a woman who is working, she's been working for what, 15 years, she has three kids, she has a husband, like, you know, I think I can add a perspective that sometimes this men don't have. I mean, mm-hmm. you know, I, I, I don't have a perspective on, on what it's like to, I, I don't know, you know, be, feel like you're responsible for being the the financial provider in a in a in a marriage right. or I don't know what it's like to pee standing up. I mean there's things that right. I I would have a harder time writing about, right? right? So it's like I think it's um really important. And everybody's been very respectful and a, most of the time things get changed because it's like, well, I know you what you're trying to say, but a woman I don't think a woman would say it that way or, mm-hmm. you know, Stuff like that. But that just speaks to the importance of having women on the team because they're they're not shows just about men. (laughs) I mean, like the the majority of the the shows on Broadway are about men and women. So you need both perspectives. Right. And everybody's been really receptive. I Mm -hmm. mean, and but I I do think it's important to point out. Do you you think that that's been because what American Idiot was 2010, right? So that was almost that was 10 years ago now Mm -hmm. has have you noticed more of a shift since that time? Like since you started being in the room, because I do think the national conversation, you know, like has shifted. Shifted. And I do think women inequality Mm -hmm. and, um, in the workplace and also just in general has become such a hot topic. And so I'm wondering if, if that has seeped into the conversations or if you felt from the beginning that, that you were listened to in that way. I, I, I mean, in American Idiot, I always felt listened to. Right. I mean, Michael. I'm very lucky in that way with them as as um, my um, my people. You know, they're mm-hmm. my my mentors. 
But I think that because the creative, the zeitgeist is completely different. So I think even things that you could say on stage, look, being, you know, we keep saying gypsies of the year, like even that's a great example. It's like everything has shifted. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and, uh, and it's continuing to shift, you know. So, so in that sense, something that you wrote in 2012, you have to go back and look at and make sure you're not offending anybody or... You know, it's just like a joke at the expense of another person, especially a person who's in a position of um, minority and whether it's a sexual um, uh, LGBTQ or uh, whatever it is, gender, um, it's just not worth the joke anymore. Whereas Mm -hmm. 10 years ago, those jokes were all over the place. Mm -hmm. So um, I think there's a whole slew of conversations and the same thing with women and autonomy and, you know, cracking a joke at, at a, at a woman's expense when it, when, especially when it comes to sort of, um, domestic or sexual, right. uh, you yeah. know, vexing situations. So mm-hmm. have, um, uh, <laughs> I don't want to ask you, are you going to have another one? Because that's, <laughs> that's what the worst asks, question anybody can ask. But I don't know. Truthfully, like have, your experience of how it's been since you became a mother that influences like because for me I'm like oh, I'm good to go but like Kara <laughs> knew she wanted to I have always another knew wanted you know what I mean so and I just wondered if being in in the world of it now and juggling motherhood and choreographer and being a choreographer and also like you're becoming you know you are the choreographer you're not the associate anymore you're not you know you're setting these broadway shows and choreographing them and um the push pull of motherhood if yeah. you see like oh maybe i'll do it again or i I, I probably would my husband is an only child so he's like one is awesome <laughs> so it ha- for me it i have to say i have i really have enjoyed um working and having the baby and and though um i just haven't um perceived it as harder i can't explain it when i say like i'm so much happier now like i feel like there's no i have no time where i feel lonely anymore mm. like i'm i'm go my home life is so beautiful i wake up in the morning with this little like you know joy bomb you know and then <laughs> i go to work and <laughs> I, I, like have, I, I have fun at work and then i come home with joy bomb and mm. so i I can't imagine why having a second joy bomb would be a bad thing. Right. But at the same time, the balance of my life right now is absolutely perfect. Right. So I'm not right. sure that, you know, mm-hmm. like just sort of tipping the scale one way or the other is now is the right time to do it. Mm-hmm. I also have frozen eggs. So right. five years from now might be the time <laughs> so to do incredible. it. You know, yeah. so who knows? But That's right amazing. right now I've got a few Broadway shows heading, you know, almost In the famous. Yeah, yeah, The Outsiders, Almost Famous, Mrs. Doubtfire. You are There's taking a couple more. Work names, in it. Lauren. So it's like, so I feel like everything is in a really healthy, yeah. manageable place. So it's probably going to stay like this for a while. Yeah. And Don't then we'll the see. Yeah. And then, you know, but then there's like big questions about let's just say I make it to 65, 75 years old. It's like, what do you want your life to look like? Right then? Like, mm-hmm. there's, you know, it's like also like as we're managing the next week. And the next month and, you know, opening night on Broadway is April 5th, like getting to April 5th and then the summer and like managing these small increments of time. It's also, I think, really important to remember these long increments of time Mm -hmm. and to go, well, where do you want to, 
where do you want to be at 60 mm-hmm. and yeah, at 70? Right. Totally. You know? Yeah. Those are really oh. good questions to ask and having children changes that. Yes. Yes, for sure. Um, let's shift gears a little bit um, yeah. and talk. You are um, a super vocal advocate of Moms Demand Action, right? Yes. Yes. And, and you were before you were a mom. And yes. that's what I wanted to say. Yeah, right? It was before you were a mother. So I'm sure that's only heightened it. But what is it that drew you to that cause specifically? I mean, it honestly was uh, the kids in Connecticut, mm-hmm. I think, was, was it. I mean, that's when I sort of gathered all the Broadway shows and we did this big demonstration in Times Square and then we took it around the country. Um, I just... It just it just doesn't make any sense to me as a mom. Like these mm-hmm. the lax gun laws in this country are it, it's just it's just crazy that anyone is willing to sort of let this be an option. Mm-hmm. It's just you know. So I'm fighting hard for it, and um, yeah. but a lot of progress has been made even under this yep. Republican Senate <laughs> and presidency. I heard mm-hmm. actually recently a statistic that Moms Demand Action uh, raised more money this year than the NRA. Yes, that, that is like, true. For the first time ever. Yep. Just huge. That's amazing. Yeah. That's amazing. Well, because I think, you know, we've often said like after Sandy Hook, if nothing changed, then it's not going to change. And it truly is something that you wonder because yeah. <laughs> especially once you become a mother and you see like when they get to that age and you think of those poor sweet kids and it's just like, how can you be that heartless to let it continue like this? So the fact that sort of more and more people in the country are waking up and donating to Moms Demand Action and taking to the streets and really fighting for it. I mean, I think even the statistic is like even a majority of gun owners are right. in favor of, of course. you know what I mean? Like There's, it just makes sense. If you have nothing to, if you're not going to do anything wrong, you have nothing to worry about. No, so, of course. You know, Nobody's exactly. advocating sort of removing everybody's gun, but right. we are all advocating for stricter laws that are national so they don't yeah. shift from state to right, state. Exactly. Right, exactly. And, um, well, and it's a very real fear. I mean, I, you know, I, Elliot started kindergarten this year and I had a huge, uh, anxiety attack. It's what finally drove me to getting on medication. To be honest, my husband was like, it's time we got to do this because, you know, her classroom is near the front and, you know, there's a security guard, but you know, all these things go through your mind. And I was like, I'm not going to be able to send her to school every day and worry about this. This is not feasible for the next, you know, 12 years, 13 years or whatever. And so it'd be so lovely if we could not worry about that as no, much. No, I know. <laughs> and also, I don't know, like for me, like the love that I, mm. of course, that you feel for your child, for me that extends now, like the I used to children. feel nothing for other children, but now like if I see a, like a, a baby on the airplane, like I have love for this baby. Like it's like it extends. It's like you know why you know separating parents at the border for me has been also yeah, like triggering because it's like these. Could you imagine the agony that a mother and a child are going through? You know, mm-hmm. and and so it's like so it ex- so I think that's why maybe these moms are really making progress is because this empathy that is like. It's like a spider web. It's like the moms of this country have created this spider web of empathy and love, and they're just, you can't, you can't win against that. <laughs> no, <laughs> you can't, can't keep them down. Mamas make it happen. Yeah, exactly. You know yeah. what I mean? Like, I think a mother's love is super powerful. And then, like you well, said, it's, it's, yeah, it's a shared consciousness. It's that's like we right. all have a shared experience that's being right. a mother yeah. and can put ourselves in the shoes of any other mother out there who right. experiences this tragedy right. and know what that feels like. Right. And that's super powerful and super 
empowering and motivating. Right. Mm-hmm. That's right. Driving yeah. force. Yeah. Um, we used to have Mrs. Doubtfire coming in. You mm-hmm. were just in Seattle with that, right? So mm-hmm. Arden went with you, mm-hmm. I'm assuming. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, with the nanny. Mm-hmm. That's awesome. Was your husband able to come? Or he did. He came for a week. We actually okay. did it differently this time. The nanny stayed home and, and slept at our apartment here in New York City with my husband um, for the first week. Then they all flew out together. Okay. And then they stayed and my husband left after a week because they had to go back to work. And then... That's a good transition. It gives you like a week to get settled and get. It was great. I went to the gym every morning. (laughs) I walked around. It was it was really fun. And then, um, but then I missed them dearly. Of course. And my nanny and I have become very close friends. I love her. Has she been with you since Arden was born? Yes. That's awesome. Yeah. Yeah. And then, and it gave my husband less time alone because he gets lonely when we travel. Right. It's like. Yeah. So he got to spend the week with the baby. Uh, and not be in a lonely apartment alone. Yeah. So it all it made everything better. Mm. And you learn after every process, I'm sure. Like how's the, how can we make this work even better? Yes. Right. After each one. Yes. But I think this is going to be my you know also like that first week of tech, I wanted to be a hundred percent present, mm-hmm. and um, it was so it was perfect. It really was great. Yeah. And going into so are you here now for a while? Like you've I'm got. Here. I'm yeah. not going anywhere until no Chicago travel. in June for the Outsiders. Oh, okay. that's exciting. Yeah. Um, well, that's not that far away, no. Lauren. <laughs> but in the meantime, you have to put up a whole new Broadway show and open it and get through Tony season. Yes. <laughs> and two, I'm doing The Visitor at the Public also so the, with David Hyde Pierce. How? Oh, wow. Oh. You're just like juggling I know. I'm all like all the these things. Fall. I'm like, how does that actually I have a lot fit going on into the schedule? Like, Nothing compared to, <laughs> no. to that. <laughs> oh, no. That's so. just amazing. You're a rock star. It's yeah. awesome. And it's so exciting. And we can't wait to see what what's coming next down the pike. I mean, thank you've you. literally got them like lined, I know, up, lined up there in order. And you but somehow fit us in. So thank yes, you so thank you much. Thank you so for, much. Thank it's you. It's just so Man. fun. It's so great to see a fellow, you know, a fellow chorus person making it happen. We came up together. We We came up together. Yeah, I mean, it was like, I'm just, I'm so proud of you and it's so exciting. Congrats on it all. Thank you for doing this, everybody. Absolutely. Thanks so much for listening to this episode of Mama's Talkin' Loud. Special shout outs to Rachel Spencer Hewitt for our fabulous graphic. Kristen Anderson Lopez, Bobby Lopez, and Justin Ward Weber for our awesome theme song. Our producers, Dory Berenstein, Alan Seals, and of course, the Broadway Podcast Network for bringing us to you. If you like what you're hearing and you want to keep the conversation going, you can follow us on Instagram and Facebook. And of course, subscribe and review us wherever you listen to your podcast. Thanks so much for tuning in. Hey, it's Leslie Odom Jr. here on the Broadway Podcast Network to tell you about the RISE Theatre Directory, a program of maestro music. RISE is a national online resource designed to connect and empower backstage and administrative and creative theatre professionals from underrepresented backgrounds. If you work or aspire to work in the theater community, this can help you find your next project. And if you hire theater professionals, search the Rise Theater directory to find your next team. Create your profile now and get more information by visiting risetheater.org. That's theater with an R-E-R-I-S-E-T-H-E-A-T-R-E dot org because only together we rise.